Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Victory Monday to you. It's a little bit after 2 o'clock on Monday. We will be here today up until right about 3 o'clock, and then 3HL will have you covered from there. Uh, lots of Titans talk today, lots of Titans phone calls. We had some ding-dong of the week calls. By the way, uh, many of you are naming the Colts, Titans fellow division rival, right, as your ding-dong Me? of the week. Yeah, I'm all in that. Can I have an extra ding-dong? Oh, yeah, she uh, says sure. Uh, Joe Judge of the New York Giants. No, number one, the Giants for not firing Joe Judge. There's no reason Joe Judge should have a job today. So the big apple is the big ding dong. If they didn't have the guts to fire that guy and they're like, we're going to hire a new GM. We're going to put it on his plate. Come on, man. Well, the ding dong is Joe Judge for on a third and nine deep in his own territory with Jake Fromm at quarterback running a QB sneak, which is the surrender play of all surrender plays before punting it away from inside their own 20. Were they were they in shotgun at least? Uh, I don't think so. They looked I, like they were running a rugby play. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, looked like uh, a rugby scrum. Right. There were like five exactly. guys in the backfield. Yep. Yeah, and it was. Uh, it was uh-oh. a QB sneak with Jake Fromm. Like if you think the Titans have surrender plays on second and long, then that that took the cake. But that like, is what happened to a draw play? play? You know, that's, that's a surrender play. That's, that's what I was thinking. Uh, no, I didn't even give him a it chance. It looked like a rugby a scrum. They gained maybe half a yard. I, you know, as a GM, I would be like, hey, uh, just kind of take me through what was your thought process uh, on, on that play call? I'd love to hear the explanation for that if I'm the GM. I'm sure it's out there. Does he run that play if he knows Dave Gettleman is out as the GM? Because to me, that I'm with you, Mickey. That's like asking to be fired. Please fire me. I dare you. He's telling he's, I dare you fire me. Because he's got a couple years left, whatever he's, like, he's got. This money you know, four million per, five, whatever he's getting paid. He's thinking, I, man, I'll go get a coordinator's job, but I'll sit home for a year. When Joe Judge t- took that job, it was like, remember he was like saying all kinds of old school football stuff, and, and people were like, wow, maybe this is the guy. Nope, nope. It's been an unmitigated disaster. No player development, no quarterback development. And out there running quarterback sneaks with Jake from State Farm yesterday. Well, that's just been the Giants play. since I mean since their last Super Bowl. That was their last playoff win. Was that last Super Bowl against what 2011? Mm. Well, the Ooh, Giants yeah, were a laughing stock in the 70s. They Ooh. they're a premier heritage, old school, original NFL football franchise. One of the oldest teams that there are. Uh, the Mara family who've owned the Giants and still run the Giants. They are a legacy football team in the NFL. They were terrible in the seventies when I was a kid. They had the uh the oh the miracle in the Meadowlands where they just tried to run a play and run out the clock and dropped it. Herman Edwards of the Eagles, when he was a player, ran it in. They lost the game that way. Oh, the Eagles. Then in the nineties, though, they got a guy named Parcells. Mm-hmm. Had a DC named Belichick. Ooh, then they got Lawrence Taylor, who may be the best defensive football player in history. Guess what? They got pretty darn good. <laughs> well, don't forget Sims and you know, uh, you know, they had a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, too. from from Sims to Eli Manning, that had a nice Sims, Kerry Collins when in had between. Rutledge, even Jeff Rutledge to, to go in there for who, that, who took one of your man Sims the Super Bowl. Yeah, Sims yeah. might be a Rodney, Hall of Famer. Ronnie Hampton, I mean they had some OJ Anderson, yeah, 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 some guys. Mark but, Ingram, so not, not you, the little if, one, if the big they, one. If they hot, fired the head coach, I'm assuming he's going because the new GM has got to go. Surely to heavens, they fired. Who should they go after? Just if you had your choice of the world, who would you go after, Lucas? He's yours. Mike Flo- Brian Flores. He you says go Brian, Brian Flores. Flores. Who do you say? Mm. Boy, that's a good one. I wasn't prepared to answer the oh, coach oh, of the oh. Giants. Well, I would go give you mine if you, you want you, to look. Okay, give, give me Guess yours. what? The GM job is open, right? Yep. I am now hiring my GM and head coach after the national championship with Nick Saban. It's done. 
That that that's I, I am all in. How we about, are going to change this around, and Woo. I'm tired of BSing. And let's rock and roll. Twenty millions on the table, Nick. Make your decision. I don't think you could throw enough money at Nick. I, could, I think you could throw an endless bank account at Nick Saban. He's not going anywhere. But see, it's not about the money. It's about the power. See, you can't. You want because you know you can say you know they'll try to match it. I'm gonna give you twenty million. Coach, GM, You're the in GM New, and York, head coach in New York too, Blaine, mm-hmm. which is where all the Big power market. comes from. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that'll be a tough one for him. It'd be I'm, interesting whoa. if anybody does make a push with all these jobs mm-hmm. open. But I, I that's I where I, that's where I'm going. That dude's going to coach Obama until he's 90. I don't know. Some coaches get bored because if he wins the national championship tonight with probably, let's just say this, because you can't say worse. I mean, they made it to the national team. Probably, the, the, you know, the team that of all of his teams may have been the worst, and he still gets it done and wins it. Now, what is his challenge? He wants the new challenge. That's what makes these guys tick. Yep. The new challenge was that I can go and turn around this whole organization with all the power I need. And then you get them from $20 million a clip. And if it don't work out, guess what? I'm going to collect about $100 million. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sounds appealing to me. Oh, you tell mm-hmm. me, you just keep your lake house. You can borrow the team plane, mm-hmm. fly down there anytime mm-hmm. you want. Remember? Remember, Nick? I sell him on this. Remember? You didn't have the power. You weren't the GM. You couldn't sign Drew Brees when you were the Dolphins. Well, guess what? We're giving you all the power. Be our guy. Be the G-man. Yeah. Ooh. It's going to be a tough one, but I have my sales cap on. Matter of fact, I'll be at the National Championship game. Matter of fact, I want you to get me my tickets so I can be in your suite with your wife. You hear me? I'm that, going after the wife. I'm getting, mm-hmm. what's, what's her name? Because he always says Miss Terry. Miss Terry. 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 She Terry. makes the decisions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, that's, that's where I'm going. Yeah. After the championship, between you and me, we'll be there. <laughs> Hey man, they, they tired about, of messing around there, getting these coaches that are young, inexperienced, not ready for the New York media. It's going to take an experienced cat to go in there and right the ship. What about, show the media that, and everybody that are Giants fans, that you're serious. Well, that'd be serious. At least, at least make the offer, because here's the thing. Then it gets out that you made the, the offer. offer. Hey, man, we Ooh. tried. Yeah, We offered 20, 20 mm-hmm. million. I, I'm a big make the offer guy. I love that mm-hmm. because then you can always look your your shareholders, your season ticket holders. If it's a college team, you can look at the people who pay the freight for you, your donors, your boosters. We tried. Mm-hmm. Now we may wind up with this guy, but you let the news leak out. You, I let it leak out. Offered twenty million dollars, coach and GM. We tried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. There you have it. Well, I, I feel like we should just have some dead air or something for like five minutes, play some music mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. That was a bomb you just dropped in here. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the owner should have me on one of their boards. Yeah, you know, Shad Khan or somebody, somebody, you know. What do you think that's worth? Uh, uh, I don't say like season watch tickets and a half. Uh, what, you talking about to be on the board? Yeah. Oh, it has to be worth a little bit more than what Nick Saban's going to get now. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Conley. I'm making decisions. You wouldn't be on no, Sean Conley's board because you don't want to help the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't Come know on. what it's really worth. Uh, uh, this depends, you know, how many guys you got on there and how much uh, are you actually going to, you know, ultimately you have to be able to really take in what they're listening, I mean, what they're telling you and put it in a box and make your own decision. So what, whatever that's worth to you as an owner, uh, depending on how much uh, 
knowledge that you feel like you need help with on making those decisions. So, you know, just like owning a company, man. What is it worth? Yeah. To you. It could be worth five bucks to you. It could be worth five hundred. Five hundred thousand. Mill. It could be worth you know, it just depends. Mahogany in Nashville wants to talk about Nick Saban on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Hello, Mahogany. <laughs> Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? Good. Doing what's great. going on with you? Hey, man. So look, <laughs> Saban ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere, <laughs> dog. Like it's not happening, my man. I do, I do agree with you though. I would at least make the offer. I do agree with you both in at yeah. least making the offer. But I mean, you could throw forty, fifty of Nick. He ain't going nowhere. But um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was you know how well our guys played on. Sunday minus the third quarter, um, and just the heart that they showed in the fourth, you know, making that play, like I feel confident that they can make a playoff run because, um, you know, they dealt with adversity all year, and even in that last game, you know, gave up 18 straight, went down to score to go-ahead touchdown, and then you held out and won the game. So, you know, I'm really proud of our guys, Brable's mm-hmm. coach of the year, and uh, appreciate y'all. Y'all take it easy. Thank you, Mahogany. Yeah, I think that's kind of still the deal for me on, for sure. You know, and I've been saying it for probably the last three or four weeks that he should be uh, coach of the year. But getting a number one seed kind of seals it. I know he's going to downplay it, uh, which I've heard him talk about it a little bit. But it it means a lot to put that on your mantle and you got that on your resume. You were coach of the year in in a year where you had over 90 players on your roster, uh, which even makes that accomplishment even bigger. Uh, so now it's uh, on like most coaches thinking only about ball. Doesn't matter what I did in the regular season. Just like it doesn't matter what the players did. Now the real season begin. And you know, it begins, you know, right now. So if we don't win the next game, whenever it is, then oh, that really doesn't matter at this point in time. Unless you're holding that trophy up. Wow, but the Titans are holding up a trophy real soon. Ooh, me too. I guarantee you, uh, Brable would rather have that trophy than the, the than coach that of the other year. trophy. Yeah, yeah. They, y'all can keep that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Colts go play in the Pro Bowl. We'll take the playoffs. Uh, Titus has been on hold. Let's let's get Titus before we take Titus. this break. Hello, Titus. How are you? All right. How y'all doing? What's doing great. Right? Oh, I got a question. Mm-hmm. My question is, um, you know, that we had. Um, I hope we win the Super Bowl. No matter how no how the year ends, I hope we win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But we got. We don't have Big Nichols no more. And Darrington Evans, ever since he's been there, he stayed on the injury list and hurt. He's really never played. So do you think with that saying, going forward next year, we, they're probably going to keep Hilliard and Foreman? Titus, that's a good question. Foreman is like the small king. He's the prince. <laughs> but Hilliard's a change of pace guy. And the great thing about one of the greatest things about yesterday's game to me was they had some success with Hilliard, and they used him – down the stretch, and he made two great plays on that final driver. They ran out all the rest of the time. He can return kicks, so he will play special teams. But he's a different guy than than King and um, and um, Deontay Foreman. Mm-hmm. I like both of those guys. I absolutely. I think you know Darrington Evans. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he got injured. I think Hilliard kind of is that same mode of player, mm-hmm. uh, and then Foreman is uh, poor man's, as you just mentioned, Prince. Uh, to the king. So I think both of those guys are going to be on the roster. And as much as I like McNichols, now that they've cut him, I think he's going to be a kind of like, I'm going to call him a guy in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Something goes down. If he's still available, they know he knows the system. They know what he can do. They can bring him back. They could even bring him to training camp because you never know what happens 
uh, in training camp. Uh, but yeah, I think they those guys, in my opinion, are locked in. But they may view it differently because Foreman, I just don't see him as a special team guy in any form or fashion. But Hilliard, I, I think, could do it as well as McNichols. And you know this, and so that'll be interesting. Maybe he doesn't. You mentioned that maybe they don't dress him on certain days, but you know games. But and they right. have another guy, uh, kind of like McNichols, who kind of is a jack of all trade of everything, but not great at one thing. Because typically, if you're not the starting running back, then you play special teams. All the other running backs play special teams. And that's not something. And now Foreman may say, hey, man, you need me to run down and try to tackle somebody. I'll do it. But that's just not anything he's really done since he's been here. But, yeah, I wondered if they – would he be a guy that – he was on the roster, but like you and me were talking about this, maybe he's inactive for a game or two. Like, said, hey, yeah. we need a guy who can catch passes. We need the other running back. So you're probably going to have three running backs on this team. The other two guys behind Derrick Henry – they put, you know, or the other guy he plays special teams and does this and does this. Or you can drive a late, late running back, yeah. late round, later rounds, and to be that, you know, McNichols type of player. The Darrington Evans thing just disappoints me. Yeah, it hurts because I thought he had a great, great potential and great upside, but he just kept getting injured. I think they got frustrated for a young player and they moved on. I, I really believe that, and I think Hilliard fits that mode of what they thought he could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what, Hilliard? Hey, man, I'm available. Always, I'm available. I carry some, four times. Not only or 10. fast, but he he can run in between those tackles. Pretty pretty strong runner in between the tackles. So yeah, I like what I've seen out of uh, him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't yeah. know much about him, but knew a lot about Foreman. So yep. they they hit a home run on both of those guys. Sure did. Top seed with those guys playing nine games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and 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 leaving behind AP, who got came in. Got I know these guys are good enough and. McNichols. They yeah. saw it. They gave AP every chance, but it was, chance. it was obvious that Foreman was, was the dude. I mean, yeah. He was the guy. And, All right, Lucas is our dude. He keeps us on time. He said, take a break when we come back. Uh, SEC Mike will join us. Let's talk about this uh, national championship game preview. I know we saw people who want to talk Titans. We can even get to that in the last segment or if we finish early with SEC Mike. We sure want to make sure we get all of your calls before we finish up today. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine to Mickey, 104.5 The Zone, getting you through a victory Monday. Titans, number one seed in the AFC. The road to the Super Bowl runs through Nashville. NFL playoffs just getting started tonight. The college football playoff comes to an end with an SEC team claiming the championship. It'll either be <laughs> Alabama or Georgia. Our guy, uh, SEC Mike, Mike Bratton joins us now. Um, Mike, how in the world are you doing, man? Happy championship Monday to you. Yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, once again, an all-SEC national championship game, so I couldn't be happier. It's good for business, and uh, I'm just glad to talk about uh, what should be a great game. I think the least surprising thing that I've heard all week, all week, the whole week of everything I've heard is that Stetson Bennett has a flip phone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, it's probably good because uh, for about half the season, everybody's been waiting for him to get benched, waiting for uh, the Bulldogs to turn things over to JT Daniels, but uh, maybe that, that would have gotten to him if he had a smartphone. So uh, that may have been the uh, the move of the uh, the season there, getting a flip phone by Stetson. Well, can he use his flip phone to flip the script tonight and uh, help his team get to victory? He had a couple interceptions the last time they played. Yeah, and I mean, that was obviously key to the game. Georgia, two turnovers. Alabama didn't have any uh, in the SEC championship game. But I think the biggest key 
is going to be Georgia just, uh, you know, returning to that elite form on the defensive side of the ball because uh, Georgia was up 10-0. to zero. They were, looked like they were going to destroy Alabama in the SEC championship. But then Jameson Williams, I can't remember if it was 65, 55-yard touchdown, that flipped the script. That allowed Alabama to just go up-tempo, and they really exploited uh, Georgia secondary. So I think uh, if you're Georgia, you have got to make Alabama beat you on the ground, and obviously that's easier said than done. But, uh, you know, that is going to be key as well as uh, on third down. Bryce Young just picked them apart. They've got to come after him, even even if he's, he's going to have his success. But you just can't let him sit back there with no pressure because uh, he's just lethal back there. Yeah, Mike Bratton, always lethal, too. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael W. Bratton and check him out, that SEC pod. I listened to it just this morning. Yeah, Mike, you're always giving us good info. But, man, you're talking about getting pressure on the quarterback. Is the secondary for Georgia more a zone team, and that's why they don't, and then they feel comfortable with their front four and then put more of the pressure on their front four to get after the quarterback? Uh, because then now they're susceptible if they do blitz that they're not really man-to-man guys. I'm not sure. I'm not following like you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think, um, you know, there have been teams, Tennessee included, South Carolina even, which uh, we know Tennessee's got a potent offense, but yeah. South Carolina not exactly uh, uh, the best offense in college football. They had success against these corners. So certainly Alabama matches up. Now they're down John Menchie, who – that's really uh, Bryce Young's go-to guy on third down or fourth down, which rarely happens there in Alabama. But uh, Jameson Williams kind of had to play that role against Cincinnati. So, yeah, Georgia, the corners do not match up quite as well. I think that's why you got to come after Bryce Young. And when Georgia brought four guys on third down in the SEC championship, he was four for four, over 100 yards passing, and a touchdown. When they brought more than four, he was only two of eight, and those two were blown coverages. So, uh, I mean, it's simplistic, but it's mm-hmm. like I said, you got to come after Bryce Young. That's what Auburn did. That's what LSU did. And they had a ton of success. Even Cincinnati managed to have a little bit of success because uh, in the uh, semifinal, it was more about Alabama's ground game. If Stetson Bennett, I know you guys talked a little bit about him, but if he if he plays like he did the last time these guys played in the SEC championship, do you think Kirby pulled a string then for the other quarterback, or do you think he'll stick with his guns with Stetson Bennett? Yeah, I think we're just too far down the road with Stetson Bennett, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to stick with him. And, you know, that's not what you want to see because we've seen – heck, we've seen Stetson Bennett go twice now. I know it's a completely different story in 2020, but we just saw it a couple weeks ago up against this Alabama defense going up against Bryce Young. He's not going to win you a shootout. So, you know, if there's over if – if either team scores over 30 points, I think Alabama's going to win this football game. If Georgia can kind of contain Bryce Young this time around – I think uh, Georgia can win it, but it's got to be a low-scoring game. They're not going to win a shootout. Well, we have Vegas, you know, picking uh, Georgia. You know, these are the two most talented teams. But, man, if Georgia doesn't win this game, when will Kirby and Georgia win it? Because, I mean, man, you can't go any higher than this as far as recruiting and talent on your team. Uh, at some point, uh, the rubber meets the road. you got to get it done. Yeah, I got uh, Kirby's new recruiting pitch. If they lose this one is – Hey, Nick Saban's got to retire before uh, before me. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's I, I got him going thing. to New York Giants. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you're dead on, Blaine. Because I mean, this this was the year for Georgia. And if you look at the complete season, Georgia has far been the better team. Alabama's got the better quarterback. We know they got the better head coach. 
But uh, aside from Will Anderson, I mean, Georgia has got far and away the better roster. And if this Georgia team goes 0-2 against Alabama, uh, that's a pretty bad indictment there of Kirby Smart and his coaching ability, I think. How much do you think this the, the mental you know, hurdle of beating a team that you haven't beaten is there in the psyche to the, the players in this game, or is it not part of it at all? I think it is, and it's not coming out the gate. You look at all these stats been thrown out. Uh, Georgia has been able to play with Alabama. It's not like they're they're scared to death, but when the fourth quarter comes around, when the second half comes around, that's where Georgia has crumbled. So it's kind of hard for me to believe that there's not some kind of mental block there that the, they've just been unable to, to finish the job. I mean, several times they've had Alabama on the ropes. They just cannot finish it, and you have to wonder – uh, like I said, if this team is not the one to do it, I don't know if they ever will. And, and that's got to be mental because they're they're coming out strong in all these football games. They're just not finishing it. Well, with the SEC, Mike, Michael Bratton, take breaking down the uh, college football national championship game between Georgia and uh, Alabama. Mike, it's funny. When they played in the SEC championship game, you looked at Georgia's defense and you thought, gosh, the most they allowed all year was 17 points to Tennessee. I think you referenced that earlier in the call. I mean – Let's say they allowed 25 in this game or 27. It seemed like Georgia had an offense that could score that much, although I know Alabama's got you know their usual, their usual defense. But Bama hung 41 on them. Mm-hmm. Do you think – I mean, uh, let me ask you this way. So they have played each other. They've played each other this year. and They've played each other just like three, what, three weeks ago. Who benefited the most from seeing each other – and and making adjustments this time, do you think? Because certainly Georgia's defense, I would think, would want to try to make some adjustments. Yeah, it's interesting you asked that because uh, my co-host asked the same thing. He thinks it helped Georgia, and maybe it did because we saw them, you know, get revitalized there against Michigan and really blew the doors off a team that, hey, a lot of people thought that was going to be a competitive semifinal. But I would actually pitch it the other way. I think it helped Alabama because – it showed that uh, Georgia's vulnerable. That you know, we all thought this was the team of destiny, the elite of the elite. And then here you got Alabama. Uh, I don't want to say they blew their doors off, but they they kind of did. They controlled that game for much of it. So, yeah, I think it helped Alabama certainly. And uh, you know, that again, that's another mental block that Georgia's got to get over because they certainly had deficiencies that were exposed. Now, have they been able to shore those up? We're about to find out here in a couple hours. I keep looking at the line, and I keep thinking, okay, it's going to tilt towards Bama at some point. It has not. The last I looked, it was still Georgia by two and a half. Does that surprise you, or am I missing something? Well, from what I understand, all the big money, uh, you know, the high-dollar bets, the million-dollar bets and all this, those are on Georgia, whereas uh, the vast majority of the small wagers are on Alabama. So, no, I I don't think that surprises me too much. Uh, I I did think when the line came out initially – I was anticipating Georgia was going to be the favorite in the game. But, uh, you know, like you said, maybe kind of some variation was expected, but it's not going to come at this point. And uh, it's because of the, the vast majority of that money is on Georgia to, to win the national championship. Maybe the Sharps are betting the dogs. Mike Bratton, SEC Mike, our guest here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, there's other things going in the news besides uh, the national championship, right? No, it really isn't. But, you know, the <laughs> the vote for, you know, expansion in college football and the playoffs and everything else, and I think they came to a standstill and no resolution. What do you think is going to happen in this situation, and what is actually really going on behind closed doors? Why, why is it taking so long to really come up with a decision? 
Well, the main sticking point is uh, these automatic qualifiers. And mm. to expand the playoff, they all have to be on the same page. This isn't a deal where, you know, uh, I think there's like eight people in the room and, you know, five or six yeses and two noes. It's, it's going to be a no. they got to be consensus. And where are the things at? Where the SEC, we're looking at it like if we're going to have a 12-team format, more often than not, we're going to have three of the 12, maybe even four of the 12, which the rest of the conferences are – shaking their head at because hey people are complaining because it's georgia and alabama i get it if you live outside the region but i don't think you can say those are not the two best teams so what are we trying to accomplish here we're trying to give everybody participation trophies (laughs) are we trying to get the best teams and if we expand the playoff so be it If, if six of the best are from the sec let's send them up there but otherwise the sec is not going to sign on for an expansion of a 12-team playoff where, you know, a 6-6 six and six Pac-12 gets in here, a 7-5, and five, uh, you know, Big 12 gets in just because they win, the, win their conference. It doesn't make any sense because the SEC is dominating the 14 playoff and they're going to dominate a 12 as long as you uh, let them have multiple teams in there. Mm. Man, uh, SEC Mike, uh, Michael Bratton with us. I, I guess uh, lastly for me, and that is we're seeing a lot of coaches' name, head coaches' mentioned from college football to the NFL. After this game is over tonight, do you expect that uh, there's going to be some names uh, mentioned and changed and go into the NFL from college football? Yeah, for the one that I keep hearing is uh, Ryan Day from Ohio State. So I would not be shocked at all if he's an NFL head coach before long. And, of course, uh, one name, you know, I've not heard this, but, you know, you always see it in the news is uh, Matt Campbell up there at Iowa State. This was a team that yeah. a lot of people had pegged as, you know, Big 12 champion, college football playoff contender, and they were nowhere near that. So you kind of wonder, you know, what is he doing up there? He's beating his head up against the wall with uh, the deck. The deck is stacked so against Iowa State. And, uh, you know, I, who knows what that school even looks like with this new look Big 12 with uh, – Texas and Oklahoma jumping to the SEC. So the timing could be right for Matt Campbell as well to make that jump. Are you hearing anything about Lane Kiffin? Because I, I was reading something. It was saying even Lane Kiffin. I was like, oh. That's <laughs> well, I sure would hate to lose him from the SEC. So I, hey, fingers crossed he doesn't. But, you know, it, it kind of makes some sense there as well because he's losing his quarterback. You know, I cannot recall a time, and I said this recently on Paul Feinbaum, where you know, an SEC program just lost both their coordinators, and neither one of them got promoted to head coach. They left to be coordinators. That's kind of baffling to me, and that, that tells me something's going on down there in Oxford because why else would they be leaving for, uh, you know, they're leaving a, a, the first-ever 10-win program, uh, program there in Ole Miss. They've never won 10 games in the regular right. season. They're losing Matt Corral, who I think is going to be a first-round NFL pick. There could be a big drop-off coming, so it, it wouldn't stun me if Lane Kiffin is basically jumping off the ship before it sinks there in Oxford. Well, we have to ask you, who wins the game tonight, Georgia-Alabama? Give us your prediction. Well, I've been saying uh, the Alabama dynasty is uh, coming to an end for about five, six seasons now, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> your bed, I'm going right? to keep going that direction because I just think that Georgia, based on – I know we just saw it in the uh, SEC championship game a couple weeks ago, and Alabama dominated. But, you know, throughout the year, Georgia's been the more dominant team. If they can make the adjustments, I think the best team is going to win this football game. So I'll go Georgia 31, Alabama 21. I like the dogs even to cover. Mm, SEC Mike giving us the business on the prediction tonight. Michael Bryden from SEC Mike. 
Hey, one more on the way out. Uh, what's the uh, details on the Wyoming receiver who's transferred to Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible athlete, six foot three, I believe. He scored 12 receiving touchdowns for the Wyoming Cowboys. And, man, just a, you know, a great pickup there for Josh Heupel and company because uh, they need that second option opposite uh, Tillman. They were, you know, they had a couple of players step up. I really thought Jalen Hyatt was going to thrive in this offense. Yeah, I think a lot of people scored, did. He scored in the Music City Bowl. You know, if they can get him going, they may have three of the best, uh, you know, uh, the best trio in the SEC at the receiver position. So, you know, just a tremendous pickup. He's, he's a big, long, explosive athlete. Now, of course, that is at a uh, lower level, but Again, with Tillman, you don't need this guy to come in to be your number one. You're just looking for a solid two, maybe a solid three. And uh, the way Josh Heupel runs that offense, you're going to need as many good receivers on the field as you can. And, uh, you know, just just a heck of a pickup there. Mike, good stuff. That SEC podcast at Michael W. Bratton on Twitter. People need to be checking out all your stuff. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the game tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it, Mike. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike Bratton, uh, our guest, and joining us. We got time to take a phone call. Uh, Pam in Bowling Green has been on hold a long time wanting to talk Titans. Let's take Pam's call before we take our uh, final break of the show. Hey, Pam, thanks for your patience. Hey, no. Oh, she, she hung up on her. Pam! Oh, Pam. She dropped the hand. Thank no. y'all. She, her ear must have hit the button. Oh, Pam. All right, Pam, call back. We'll get you. If you want to sneak in a phone call, you can do it. 615-737-1045. That'll get you in. On the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, we will be back uh, next. Let's go, Lucas, let's do this. We'll go ahead and take our break. Uh, We'll come back. We've got final offensive and defensive rankings for the Titans. We were Mm -hmm. talking about this before the show. A couple numbers kind of surprised us, especially passing numbers. We'll hit those on the way out. That's coming up next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Playing to Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks for hanging out with us. Beautiful day. Victory Monday. Sky's tight and blue, in case you haven't looked. Your number one seed, this guy turns blue like that. Ooh, Pam, uh, she 86 herself on her first call. Oh. She's back. Oh, well, good, good, good. I'm glad she... Don't do it again, please. Pam, uh, be careful this time. Don't hang up on yourself. Uh, your boss must have walked by, huh? Yeah, that's right. I promise I didn't. I live in Kentucky. <laughs> I pulled off the interstate so I wouldn't lose you guys, and I would still have a single... For the last hour. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, well, thank you. I promise. I did not hang up. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. I'm a ma- as you can tell by the sound of my voice, I'm a massive Titans fan. And my husband of 30 years, however, is a Colts fan. Oh, what? how could y'all stay married? That's a pool. Oh, wow. my. Yesterday was a challenge, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> is he from India or something? Oh. Or no? No, no, his father was a Baltimore fan from days back, and I think he must have branded him or oh, something. Oh, okay, got gotcha, you, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the playoff selection came out, you can imagine mm. the talk in my house. As he knows, as a, in a normal year, I know pretty much every player on both sides of the ball, 
and get a lot of them. I can tell you where they went to college. Example, Blaine went to Ball State, right? Uh-huh. Sure, of yeah. course. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And um, played at Philly for a little bit. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so then yesterday comes. And we have the, I just call it the non-sack, when Ryan worked his way out of that nightmare. And um, so that was off the chart amazing. Mm-hmm. So when the afternoon games were over, he looks at me and he says, the season's over. I don't want to discuss it anymore. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, so he's a sore loser. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah. So I look over at him and I said, the season's just starting for me, honey. (laughs) I love it. I love it. it. She dropped the mic on that. That was a great response there. Pam may get like a blanket and a pillow tonight and a key to the couch. Mm. (laughs) She called into Roaster Husband. I love that. She just destroyed him. So he's at work right now. He just felt a disturbance (laughs) in the force. I think he's going to have to blanket in the the couch and a pillow. A hundred percent. She runs the show. Yeah, yeah, like oh, okay. That's pretty cool. We'll see you in the bonus room, there, Chief. Mm-hmm. She should say, "Take those all those Pro Bowls and go bye bye." Could you guys <laughs> be married to like somebody who didn't like to say? I mean, like hardcore against your team's rival? That'd be tough. And my girlfriend is an Alabama grad. No, oh. oh. I don't. Sadly, I don't see a big future for you. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Break, break down, break down like how it is when y'all play Tennessee. Then is it any big deal? Well, or she's she- an Alabama grad in that she moved down from Pennsylvania to go to Alabama. Mm-hmm. She didn't grow up like a diehard Bama fan, right? So she only roots for him when it's convenient, and she ah, recognizes convenient. this. So she would have no problem with me saying this. It's the superiority thing. Mm-hmm. She likes that they win all the time. And it just kind of gets old. They win, whatever. But when they lose, she's upset. But she just she's like 90% of Alabama student section now at this point where you pick a kid out of the crowd, say, hey, who is uh, – name, name one Bama coach besides Nick Saban, and 90% of those kids couldn't do it. Well, if they uh, seen the Bear Bryant statue, they might be Bear able to Bryant. pull that one. Or maybe Mike Shula because they always hear about how bad they were under Mike, Mike Shula. Mike Shula. What if that was their pull? Name one other person who ever coaches. Oh, Mike Shula. Yeah. No, but you could you could just – you know, t- take a kid, you know, a name out of a hat in the Alabama student section nowadays and just say, hey, who's uh, who's Sean Alexander? Be like, what? Who? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who's Gene Stallings? I have no idea. Oh, man. Oh, my. Well, that's what the Google verse is for. <laughs> Alabama football yeah. coaches. So yeah, Megan's one of the. She's a she's a carpet bag and Bama fan. Wow, is she just there for medical school or something? Or? Sure, she's at UAB Medical now. Oh, so she's Alabama undergraduate. Yes. Yeah. Wow. She, come on, man. She's got to get this thing together. She, she's trying to play it low, low key. She knows Lucas. It'd be you know ruffle the feathers in the house. Yep. Um, Titans ruffling feathers. Uh, Jimmy White had put this out. The Titans ranks on offense and defense. Um, Lucas, you want offense rankings first or defense? Let's go offense. Offense. Final rankings. Do you know where they were in total offense? I'm going to say top 15. 17. 17 in total offense. They were number five in rushing, which they were usually a little bit ahead of that most of the season, but they finished fifth. Passing offense, 24th. Now, no Julio for long periods, no AJ for long periods. Uh, Revolving door on the offensive line, really until the last two games. But that didn't affect the rushing. Did not. Did not at all. Top five rushing, 24th in passing, uh, third down, 
Uh, offense, I guess this is uh, efficiency or something. Per Jimmy White on third down, they were eighth in points per game. Mm. They were right in the middle of the pack, fifteenth. Fifteenth oh, in points okay. per game. Not bad. Oh, didn't see that part of it. So defense, twelfth in total defense, just outside the top ten. Big improvement from last year, but not in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Rushing defense, they were second. Mm. Second in the league in rushing defense. But we were sitting down to start the show, and you said, man, did you see those stats where they were passing-wise? This is the thing, that, and we can get into this all week. Like, does the defense have a kryptonite? The thing that worries me the most about the defense is somebody does what the Texans did yesterday. Four and five wide, and just bip, 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 bip. And that's why the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs, can do those things. That's what if, they do. Especially if the front four aren't, you know, coming off the ball like their butts are on fire, which they did not yesterday. And I, I was reading about Davis Mills that over the last, what, four or five games coming into this one, he was second only to Big Ben in getting rid of the ball, like 2.2 seconds. Because Big Ben is just, he just gets rid of it. It's like a hot potato to Big Ben. He just touches it and throws it to somebody or somewhere. But Davis Mills was second. Now, yesterday he held on to the ball sometimes. Those weren't all just quick passes. Mm -hmm. He took some dropbacks and stood there and looked around a little Mm -hmm. bit. And then scrambled. I I like his athleticism. I like his development. May not be as fast as maybe the Texans fans want to be, but he's he's getting better, man. I like like his upside. 25th passing defense. And when we look at it, and when we look like you said, Bengals known for passing. Chiefs known for passing. I mean, you get into the playoffs, a bunch of these rascals, let's say you make it out, you got to play the Pack. let's say you make it the Super Bowl. Packers, they throw the ball. Mm-hmm. All, that, dude is, that dude is still, Aaron Rodgers is mm-hmm. throwing balls to guys who are covered, like under the arm of the defender and stuff like that. No. He's playing a different game than anybody else. He's just, Even still. He's just special. I'm sorry. Everybody wants to, you know, talk about him and not vote for him and the way he is and all that. Guess what? Be the best. Yeah. You deal with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, this was good. They had the worst third down defense in modern NFL history last year. They were sixth on third down this year. That is is fantastic. That is. That is impressive. So, I'd love to hear how they are in the red zone, both offense and defense. You know, I know that's not part of the stat. Uh, And then, actually, uh, plus or minus on turnover, where they're there, because those are the main factors. If you're middle of the road pretty much as as a unit, on both sides of the ball, then those are the things that's going to be really important, third down, red zone, and turnovers. Points per game, though, for the defense, they wound up sixth. Ooh. I like that kind of party. Ooh. If I'm going to be in a top ten in something, hey, man, points. Points. Yeah. That was another one. You can add that to the list. Yeah. Uh, sixth in points per game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All in all, you know, we sit here – you know, talking about you know whether you like the OC, DC, and where they're at. Uh, you know, statistically, those numbers don't sound too bad. They kept saying last year with the defense, you know, it's well, the defense last year was there's communication and there's this and there's that. So the offseason, here's what they did: they just cleaned out the players, and kept all the same personnel for the most part, basically saying it wasn't us, it was them. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they were right because yeah. the they dude, got the, it right. That's for sure. They dude, got the right players. Mm-hmm. Then some other, you know, young players got better. They did. Fulton, Fulton. Simmons. Yeah. You know, we can go down the list. Then you add Danico Autry. Mm-hmm. Then in the middle of the season, you had Buster Screen. Then at the end of the season, you had Zach Cunningham, who's led him in tackles in f- uh, three of his four games. Mm. He's going to be a problem. 
I like that kind of problem. It needs to be a problem starting in two weeks because the Titans got to buy this week. Ooh, nice. Yeah. We're going to get jacked up, Titans fans. Get you all jacked up because 3HL is coming up next. We're going to talk Titans and National Championship and everything else tomorrow, so don't go anywhere. In the meantime, in between time, Mickey. As always, you know it. Peace!